Yeah, I mean, last week we were so close. I thought we were zeroing in. It feels like we've gone off target again. I mean, it, it makes me feel relaxed. I want to travel, but I feel like I'm on holiday. Last we, week's hard house was so close to the mark, closer than we've ever been before. Yeah. But now we've gone way off again. I don't know. I think there was something beautiful and romantic about that, actually. Oh. I think it could work long term. Never give up. Never say never. We'll continue the quest. Um, hello and welcome to the Cars Guide podcast, where we tear down, pressure test, and rebuild the issues of the automotive week. I'm James, and with me are Richard. Hello. And one of our key contributors. In fact, he's a marquee player on the Cars Guide team, Andrew Chesto Chesterton. Uh, buongiorno, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Although I hope there are more of you out there than that. This week, among other things, we'll look at Australia's most expensive ute, Holden Sales Online, and Merck AMG's escalating madness. But first, Musquatch. Yes. Elon Musk's Tesla Roadster rocket has taken would you believe it, a wrong turn. Billed by SpaceX as being on an endless road trip past Mars, it's actually overshot its Mars trajectory and is now headed towards an asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. And so it's either going to get pulverised by these asteroids or just go on for billions and billions of years off on its road trip. Not only that, the central booster rocket that was meant to gently return back down to Earth actually crashed into the Atlantic at 480 kilometres an hour. So that didn't go well either. Well, in fairness, James, the, uh, the fact that the, the Tesla rocket is now lost in space and it's taken a wrong turn, something somewhat fitting for a company currently making the Model could 3, be, wouldn't you Could say? be, could be. I think you're being too harsh. Oh, look. The other two boosters landed perfectly. Yeah. Two and, out of three, you synchrony. reckon? Yeah, two out of three ain't bad. Right. Uh, yeah, sure, the main booster rocket didn't land on the uh, platform, the autonomous platform called Of Course I Still Love You. Uh, that's the name of the platform. And look, as for no, the... No, Richard, it didn't land on that platform. It ploughed into the ocean. Okay, at it missed the platform. It didn't, didn't land on it. Uh, but look, it still happened. It's lucky that there weren't colonists, Mars colonists on board. Um, it's true. And um, if people want to go to uh, the space.com website, uh, a photographer, an astrophotographer, has managed to, to get a few uh, videos of the of the roadster now going in space. Now, look, you can't see it because this is a that's right. uh, Richard, that's an audio. Richard, arrow moving like up and down <laughs> a black box. <laughs> Visual anyway, look, Chesto, to your point, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Bloomberg has now produced a tracker for Model 3 production because they've got shareholders, they've got owners with de- – oh, sorry, they're not owners um, – customers with deposits mm. in and they're frustrated because they can't get any information out, so they've used all kinds of data, including – VIN batches that have been registered by Tesla, feedback from dealers, all that to come up with a number. And what they're now at is 1,000 a week against an initial target of 5,000 a week, which was actually meant to be fulfilled many moons ago. So uh, they've still got a long way to go. And did you know Elon Musk owns 007's Lotus Esprit submarine car from The Spy Who Loved Me? Of course he does. And according to entrepreneur.com, was violently bullied as a kid. I mean, who would have guessed that? And, and as well, he was. being yeah, South Africa, <laughs> South African bullies are the worst too. Yeah, I mean, right. even the nice South Africans are tough. Well, that explains his, uh, his sudden passion for rocket launches. Yeah, look, uh, it's not as if, um, uh, well, anyway, for people who do have their dollars in for a Model 3, we'll, we'll put the, um, the URL for the tracker into the show notes so you'll be able to follow that. Well, up. James, just on the Model 3 for a second, 
I think two out of three could actually be a Tesla tagline moving forward. <laughs> two out of three yeah. ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> I was actually at the LA show this year and the Model 3 was there on display and it was just about the only car on the entire show floor that you couldn't open, get in, <gasps> have a look around. Because? It was locked up tight. Oh. And I think it's because they would have been burning the midnight oil to even have a presentation car there. Wow. And so the last thing they want is the uh, media and the public to be crawling all what, over it, which what? is never a good sign for a new car. Why are there so many parallels with Preston Tucker? You know, when, when Preston Tucker was going to show his Model 48, he couldn't get it to actually run. It was all mocked up and blah, blah, blah. It's quite, uh, quite extraordinary. There's, there's really good reasons for the delay in production of the Model 3, though. God. No, and I'm not, I haven't drinking, drinking, drunk and drunk, had, had the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Uh, lithium. Uh, they, they can't get enough of it for yeah. lithium-ion batteries. And yeah. so Tesla's actually you, having trouble sourcing it. Do you know, fun fact, that Australia is one of the biggest miners of lithium in the world? Really? So the increasing, the increasing use of lithium-ion mm. batteries is a potential boon for Australia. Mm. There are two ways of extracting it, what they call hard rock mining, where mm. it's like conventional coal like or triple other M, kind of mining. Triple M rock. Um, but salt lake mining is where they actually suck it up, extract it that way, mm. and it's often environmentally a bit more uh, dodgy yeah, uh, to do okay. it that way. But it is actually a finite resource. You know, we yeah. can go for all these lithium batteries, but we're just yeah. chewing up another kind of finite resource. Yeah. Um, anyway, there you go. Fun fact for nothing. Um, <laughs> Must watch. <laughs> we'll go to Australia's, what is shaping up as uh, Australia's most expensive ute, and that is the Ranger Raptor. We talked about it last week. Um, there's been a bit of blowback in terms of uh, a humble, relatively humble four-cylinder twin uh, turbo diesel engine under the bonnet, but it's going to weigh in at about $80,000. Now, that's pretty serious coin that is uh, a for a dual-cab dual ute. And in fact, it will even outweigh, you know, Merck's X-Class is going to arrive uh, in four-cylinder form. And the most expensive, expensive version of that is going to be about $65,000. Mm. So here you've got a Ford truck, um, $80,000. Mm. What on earth? What the hell's going on? I mean, on, can, you, can you think of another Ford which is more expensive than a Mercedes-Benz? Well, the new GT. Although it's not available here, yeah, I suppose. But I mean, this is—I mean, class yeah, for class. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Falcon compared to a C class or whatever. It's kind of new territory for yeah. Merck coming into the dual cab yeah. zone, and new territory for Ford pushing up to yeah. such a big dollar tag. Why is it so expensive? Oh, I don't know. You'd be- have to ask Ford because it can be. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll buy it. Uh, of course, there is going to be a, a, the V6 X class will come, which will certainly pu- be pushing eighty grand. You yeah, would have thought, it will, uh, mm. and, and, and may even tip it. But yeah. geez, that's a lot of money for a four-cylinder U. It is. And Ford have completely gone on the back foot in terms of defending uh, the four-cylinder engine. They've said, "Don't focus on the cylinders because you'd expect either a six or a V6 or a V8 and a Ranger Raptor, mm. and they're running with that four-cylinder engine." Mm. Um, they're saying people are just getting too caught up in you know the capacity of the engine and the number of cylinders, but I. I still think it's got to sound like a Raptor. It's I'd, got to I'd, sound good. I'd recommend that people have a look at Oversteer because our, uh, our friend J3 at Oversteer wrote a story about, well, if you want more power from a Ranger, here mm. are some options. And mm. he went into the aftermarket and mm. looked at people that have put different engines and bits and pieces. There's a V8 yeah. uh, Raptor in there. It was All a build-your-own-Raptor story. Yeah, Quite good. if you don't want to go mm. down the, uh, the path of, of the factory one, here's how you might do it yourself. Mm. So anyway, we'd love to hear what you make of that, that, that $80,000 price tag. Well, well, for mine, the frustrating thing about it is there is a fabulous V6 engine available. Uh, and available in the US. So they may, and there are rumours that swirling that they will bring that to Australia. And I'd hate to think of what that would do to the $80,000 price point, to be honest with you, but it could arrive. But for me, mm. the whole point of a Raptor, the only reason you'd buy it is because it's cool, right? That's right. Is a four-cylinder, two-litre engine cool? No. I nah. don't think so. 
I wonder if Ford Australia would have any Barra inline sixes hanging around. I oh. might be able to just drop in drop the nose of that thing. That'd be all right. That would be good. But to me, it, the answer is simple. The same way that Mustang has got that two-litre EcoBoost and also got the five-litre V8, those should be the two engines that are offered uh, in the Raptor. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, let's get on to Ford then and put that up to them. I think that's a pretty good plan. Let's do it. It's obviously one that hasn't, you know, hasn't occurred. Uh, so let's let's yeah. get on to it. I'll email them now. Yeah, good, good, great. Dear Fantastic. Ford. It's at, I think it's generally at $4. I don't know what the <laughs> protocol is. But speaking of cars uh, for sale, Holden has announced that it's going to offer new cars for sale online. Now, that's not the first time um, that that's ever happened, but I reckon... You know, for example, Cars Guide does it. We do. We, it. we, do, we do offer cars for sale <laughs> online. Some of them are new. But for Holden to go down this road, it's a pretty big deal. It's going to be a trial in Melbourne to start with, then more metro markets depending on the customer response. So for mine, it opens up a whole can of wounds around you've got this enormous dealer network. Mm. Um, they're always wanting to, to keep their customers to themselves, yet it feels like Holden's becoming this big brother entity wanting to manage the whole customer relationship. And the flip side of that is... If you're going to buy a car, you'd certainly want to go and drive it somewhere, mm. wouldn't you? Mm. It's different to some other consumer mm. goods. So you're probably still going to need that network to have the demonstrator cars available. Mm-hmm. So that whole relationship tension between Ford at the centre and then its retail network out there, that's a really interesting situation. It's an interesting point about you saying you'd want to drive the car. I know a lot of people, believe it or not, who aren't interested in cars um, think I'm completely strange that, that I am interested in cars no no hold on just break that sentence right okay up. sorry they think you're completely strange full and stop then full stop and they want to drive cars <laughs> yeah well they think I'm strange not not because I am but because I like cars and right they, they would buy a car sight well not sight unseen but sight undriven all right. Um, and would that typically be they've come out of one, they've found it pretty good, it's it's met their needs and they'll just buy the yeah. new one? A lot of people I know would buy a car like they buy clothes online. Okay. They like the look of it, they've read the specs, they read the reviews, they'll buy one. Okay. And in fact, that's I think there'd be a lot of Tesla owners out there that'd probably do that. Well, that's true. Man. And there is also an argument that says cars have become so good these days, there aren't really that many genuinely terrible cars on the road. So I think a lot of people now buy cars based on price, based on specification, based on technology, inclusions in the cabin. Mm. These are all things you can find out on a website, of course. And look, Subaru did this with the BRZ slash BRZ to some success. Yeah. And Holden, of course, is in a position now where they have to try things. They have to reinvent themselves again in this sort of post-local manufacturing era. Yeah. So, uh, and so I, I sort of encourage them for doing it. Why not? Yeah, Roll yeah. The dice. And mm. it's not just particular models. It's um, everything I think they've got to, to offer, or pretty much everything. So Astras, Commodores, mm. the, the whole mm. bit. So we'll, we'll see how they go. Well, the other thing to remember, of course, is that most dealerships don't make a whole lot of margin on selling cars. You think mm. that they do, and look, some models do, mm-hmm. but there are some of the cheaper models where there's as much as $300 margin yeah. in a car yep. for a dealer. Yeah. They yep. make their money in the post-sale service, yep. so servicing, Parts, aftercare, et cetera. It's et cetera. A, you know, allegedly there are five prime areas. It's you know, new car, wholesale margin, then used cars, the uh, service and parts and finance and insurance, mm. um, and mm. that depends on interest rates. So it's really the throughput in the workshop that mm. is making a dollar for most new car dealers. Interestingly, though, there is actually a sixth item, and that is the big fat checks that they get cut by the manufacturers for hitting sure. certain sales yeah, targets. Yeah, and yeah. Now, we are talking big six-figure numbers sometimes if yeah. they hit certain targets. So I wonder how that works for the dealers. If, no, the, if Holden's selling the yeah. cars, who takes that commission? Well, it's also dependent on how far they go in terms of what do they sacrifice to get to that big number. 
number, you know, probably at the end of each month or a quarter. Oh, yeah. well, we've got to more or less give these cars away mm. to make sure that we get that big bonus mm. at the end of the period. Absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah. but I, for one, would welcome a day where cars just have a price attached to them. I think one of the scariest things about buying a car is whether you're paying too much, whether yep. you're getting the best deal. You just so I think if someone says this is the price, like they do with every other product, I don't think that's, that's right. necessarily a bad thing. It's a bit of a thing in the states, the whole no haggle um, kind of process, and there are various networks set up on that very premise. Yeah. Um, so maybe we will do a bit of digging and see how all that's going. But we'll certainly keep an eye on on Holden and its online activities. Yeah, definitely. Now, a um, late last year we talked about HSV taking on the conversion of the Chevy Camaro and the big Silverado pickup truck for sale in Holden dealerships you know here we are talking about holden sales um so an authorized kind of sale now pricing for their sports cat version of the colorado ute's been released it's about sixty one thousand dollars odd um starting price is hsv a sad shadow of its former self or a smart business adapting to changing opportunities what do we think chester a little from column a a little from column b to be honest with you I, you know there, there are a few companies in Australia, car companies in Australia at the moment that I would le- least rather be than HSV at the moment. They are facing some really tricky challenges moving on. Uh, I think the Camaro is a perfect step for them. It's in keeping with their brand history and all the coolness that they've, they've become known for. The sports cat, maybe not so much. Yeah, mm. I mean, I, I couldn't help thinking about their long-time positioning line, which is, I just want one. Mm. You know, it was all about that passion. The, the, the logic goes out the window. I've just got to have it. I don't know whether a car like that fits that kind of positioning. What do you reckon? Absolutely. HSC was so inherently tied to Commodore yeah. that I really think in the same way the FPV had to say goodbye, I suppose, when Falcon ended it. You know, we had to do the same. We, sh- we should have done the same with HSV. Yeah, maybe. Um, honestly, it's like trying to you know, flog a dead horse. I try and apply an HSV badge to other models you know, like a Colorado. I just don't think it works. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah let it go. I reckon. I actually remember when mm. we went horse riding that time and you absolutely gave that horse a belting. And you, you said to me, you're flogging a dead horse. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Didn't get up and go. Yeah, no, didn't work then. That I wonder was... why you were calling that horse HSV. <laughs> <laughs> but so how does it work with AMG then? AMG can stick, a, as we've learnt now, an AMG badge on just about anything, an old mm. gum boot, and it'll fly out, fly out of dealerships. How mm. come they yep. can AMGify just about anything they want, but a brand like HSV can't? I don't know. I suspect you'd need some kind of uh, brand strategy expert to explain why the three-pointed star can sustain that. Because, after all, AMG is its own entity, but... Merck AMG creates the magic um, as to why they can do that? It's a great question. And it's a global phenomenon as well. I mean, AMG originally began as a separate business alongside Mercedes-Benz. They joined forces, and now it's a global entity, whereas HSV was a local a local tuning house, which applied its magic to you know Commodores. So. Allow me to ask a question that I do not know the answer to, which is always a danger in these things. Why aren't we talking about HSV doing the new Commodore? Why is that off? Why is that off the books? Does anyone know? No, uh, no, I don't really know. I don't know either. I mean, and I it, guess it may come in time. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I suppose maybe they don't want to highlight the fact that it's it's not a V eight. Um, you know, HSV is in, is yeah. inherently tied to you know. You know, racing and V8s, and that would be highlighting the fact that it's an all-wheel drive V6, or God forbid, it a front-wheel drive. You know, because I actually itself. thought it would be a massive coup de grace if they mm. just snuck a V8 into the ZB Commodore. Yeah. HSV took it yeah. on as a project, yeah. Yeah. small like small volume project, made it rear-wheel drive, and because the work that they did on that last series of HSVs, 
putting the whole Corvette rear end under the thing, all of the re-engineering of the drivetrain, I reckon it's within their capabilities to Definitely. actually do it. And you can't tell me there's not a few of those V8 engines still kicking, kicking about around. the trap somewhere. Yeah, yeah, keeping a door open somewhere in the Absolutely. workshop. Yeah. And you can, you can imagine that it wouldn't be long um, between you know the ZB arriving and someone putting yeah. a, v, uh, you know, a Holden V8 be in good, it. would wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't know about you, I've seen those pictures just mocked up on Pinterest of mm. a Tesla Model S mm. with a monster V8 lobbed into mm. the into yep. what would yep. be the engine yep. bay. Yep. It just puts a smile on your face. <laughs> anyway. Look, putting, talking of putting a smile on your face, now a word from our good friends at Winton Motor Company. Australian performance drivers love their cars, and the performance car they love the most is the one that's done it all. From the Mount Panorama Winner's Circle to your driveway, all roads lead to Winton. The 2018 Winton Turbo now features an even more potent version of the powerhouse Redback two-stroke V9 Turbo, backed up by the latest generation version of our patented Torque Tumbler transmission technology. Once you eye it and try it, we guarantee you'll buy it. Australia's Winton Turbo. Inspiration is standard. Talk Tumbler transmission available at extra cost. Wheels and tyres sold separately. Batteries not included. Consult your Winton dealer for final pricing. And of course, that message raises the question: Where's Where's Frosty? Frosty Chops, head of media relations at Winton Motor Company. Actually, I've been in touch the last day or so. He's up in Pyeongchang for the Winter Olympics. Oh. He's got a dealer group again. He's, you know, he's very much in touch with the the retailers. But I think he's been on the soju. He's he's um, <laughs> he's been misbehaving as usual. Oh. He was up watching the the skeleton run, and I saw some pictures on social media. I don't know about you, Richard, that were of questionable taste. I did see those pictures come through as well. None of them. I can't. We can't even talk, talk about, about them, them on air. Yeah. That that that. that it could yeah, be prejudicial, prejud- prejudicial to any ensuing court case. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. look, it could influence a jury big time. <laughs> no, um, it's but, well, let's not go there. No. Yeah. I mean, look, a lot, of people, a lot of people don't know is that Frosty was one of the names given to him because he was a Winter Olympic Absolutely. champion. Absolutely. Ah. He, look, he, yes, he grew up in yeah. uh, Cooma yep. in uh, the south of New South Wales. That's right. He, he yep. more or less... Was skiing from the time he could walk. He could yeah. ski. He didn't. They were so poor they didn't have skis. Yeah, he can he ski, ski without snow. Barefoot he doesn't, skiing. Well, that barefoot skiing. That is impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is impressive. <laughs> My lord, Frosty, that is impressive. Frosty, anyway, now we were we were touching just on AMG um, only moments ago. Richard, you've seen the pictures of the new four door AMG GT, and tell us where you stand on it. It's look. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna lie. It doesn't look good. It looks. Look, there are some. There are some sports Don't pull cars. Your punches, there there are some sports cars. Since which, you're lying, I think you really like it. <laughs> no, no, I don't. There okay. are some cars which really should stay two doors, um, and the AMG GT. Well, AMG GT is is one of them. It'd be um, like a four door Winton Turbo. It, well, it would be actually. Be that's just, what it reminds just as me of. Outrageous. There's a bit of Jensen Interceptor about it. Right. There's all sorts of definitely the Winton Turbo. Yeah, look, that's. I think they should just leave the AMG GT alone. Um, adding two extra doors has increased its, you know, its, it's door count. It's, door count. <laughs> it's doubled. Um, you can definitely say that. Com- and it's completely ruined its profile. Um, <laughs> right. It's a really good-looking car and a great successor to the SLS AMG, and I think, you know, it's ruined that, you know, uh, classic sports car look to it. I don't hate it quite as much as you, I yep. must admit. I, I, I agree with you. The rear three-quarter view does look a little bit confused, and I'm not sure about the rear end, but... 
Further to my point earlier, you could put eight doors on it, an AMG badge on the front, <laughs> and they're selling yes, this. Someone thing. would be lining up for It'd it. It'd be an AMG bus. Well, look, yeah. let's continue the AMG theme mm. because uh, almost simultaneous with that is the emergence of a new G63 version of the G Class. So, yes, there's, um, it'll be here in the third quarter of this year. Um, it's still powered by a 4-litre twin-turbo V8. It's only got a lazy 430 kilowatts, about 850 newton metres of torque. It's got yeah. some new underpinnings you know, in terms of the chassis, some new trickery in the cabins, fancy screens and whatever. You. But it still looks like a bread box on wheels. It's got side pipes and fat rubber. Is it brilliantly brutal or a waste of around 230k? What do we think? Oh, look... People are going to buy it no matter what. It's like yeah. uh, it's like a you know five hundred thousand dollar handbag. Um, if it's exclusive, they'll wear it. Um, and yeah. I think and okay. they've, Mercedes uh, AMG have, have restrained themselves in doing a, a new age sort of Defender style, Definitely. you know, retro version of it. They've kept yeah. it blocky, and you, you see so many of them rolling around the eastern I think suburbs. It's fantastic. I like it too. Well, yeah, for anyone in um, Sydney or maybe New South Wales, probably the country, who might be aware of a former um, Sydney councillor, Salim Mahaja, who's just the ongoing story. I actually thought he was a chaser prank. I didn't think he was a real person. I thought he was going to be outed as, look, it's all been a great joke and you all fell for it. But um, he drives one. I think that speaks volumes yeah, about the buy profile for that vehicle. Look, for what it's worth, I think it's just brilliantly, brilliantly, brilliantly brutal. I think anyone who loves cars has to love this car. Yeah. The, uh, the cars that make the least sense are often the coolest. Yeah. W- would I buy one? Yeah. Not in a million years, nor could I afford one, which does make that decision easy. Sure. <laughs> but I love the fact that it exists. I celebrate I, the fact I love that it this too. madness yeah. I love is rolling it too. around I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. And those side pipes, I've, I've spoken to colleagues who have been pulled over by yeah. police for having what the police believe to be an aftermarket, uh, you know, you can't have side pops. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Yeah, yes, we can. yes, we can. Yes, we can. Which yeah. is a real nice comeback uh, to the police. Anyway, another quick break. Now a word from the cheeky young upstarts at Oversteer. What happens when you put three hooligans together in one room? You get a podcast full of hectic banter. Hummer <laughs> is for any rugged man. This manly scent possesses oh, well, a blend. That, that rules me right out. <laughs> Jeez. Stupid stories. It's it's a cruise ship with all the insides scooped out, water fills it up, and then you put a pirate ship in the middle. Nothing more gangster than a ship in a ship. You're an idiot. And some discussion about cars. So we've got the K cars as well. What do you guys think? There's this new Honda sports concept there. I think it looks so cool. It, it does look a bit funky, mate. The Oversteer Podcast on the Cars Guide website iTunes, and where all good podcasts are sold. Oh, those guys. Hey, have a go. I'm going to have a word to them, actually. They need to be reined in. I think we need to have a word. I caught one of them them graffitiing the toilets the other day. Now we... (laughs) What were you... Anyway, look. (laughs) Let's um, roll on from that. We'll we'll roll into a a whip around the table in terms of what we've been steering. Um, Richard, you've been driving a... A X5 XDrive 40D, the big mothership of... B- uh, the BMW that's right. X5, yep. yep. And what have you made of that? Uh, look, I've got to, I, look, I've got to say, I think the, uh, the the petrol equivalent of it is a better drive. Um, okay. Once you do get past about 3,000 RPM, it, you get that diesel rattle. Oh, but okay. that low-down torque, you could pull a cruise ship with it. Right. It's been brilliant. And it's just... it's a, it's. It's a, it is a five series on stilts. It's okay. beautiful to drive. Oh, that's cool. I loved it. That's great. And um, Chesto, you've been behind the wheel of 
a Suzuki Bellino, Bellino. GL. So slightly it's different the, experience. The opposite end of the Right, have you been pulling any cruise ships along the wharf with it? Uh, no, no, not not too many. I, and i got to say, I love this thing. I think it's okay. fantastic. I yeah, mean, yeah. The, the interior, to be honest with you, you would have to work very, very hard to create a cheaper-feeling interior than the interior <laughs> in this car. But the technology is fantastic, and it reminds you just how much fun a little entry-level zippy city car can be. I think it's, it's great. It's true. That's good. I've, I've been behind the wheel of a car that you actually tested and went to the launch of for us recently, Chesto, which is the Peugeot 5008. And um, I've found it to be a really enjoyable drive. I'm one of those ones that's still trying to get my head around the tiny steering wheel with the instruments stacked mm. above it in terms of an ergonomic decision to get your eye line happening with the yeah. instruments. But I've found it to be comfortable. I've found the diesel engine, it's the GT, which is the, the top of the tree, um, really comfy. And now Peugeot's announced its five-year unlimited kilometre warranty. Um, you really start looking at that brand in a new light. I think it's a you know pretty good vehicle. I think they're onto something here, Peugeot. That and the 3008 before it yep. was also very, very good. I've, I've been impressed by their cars imme- mm. immensely lately. Cool. More importantly, the name. Um, I really want to say 3008, but apparently when I went to 4008, uh, 4008 launch a couple of years ago, mm, they said the Bond franchise have got a copyright on the 00. You can't really? say You can't say 00. So they've said... Thousand. I actually brought this up in the review because I mm. thought it was so weird. You're not allowed yep. to call it a 5008. You're not no. allowed to call it a 5008. The no. name specifically 5, is 5008. That's it. Well, I'm going to say it. So Do, oh. 5008, 5008, 5008. Can we, don't don't, don't say 5008. We'll have to bleep that before <laughs> we go on. You'll get us sued. Now, speaking of vehicle assessment, uh, Richard, uh, uh, an innovation that we've come up with, Cars Guide, you're the, um, you're the guinea pig. Yes. In that you've done a, a model walk-up, as it were. So we often talk about different specifications of variants within a model range. You've done it for real on video. Talk us through That's that. That's it. Look, you know, you hear too many people saying, oh, I'm going to get myself a RAV4. You're not going to get yourself a RAV4. You're going to get yourself the Cruiser, the GXL, you know, or the GX. There's grades of, of RAV4. Um, there's grades of all, all models. Uh, so what we decided to do was uh, kick off with a brand-new vehicle called the Holden Equinox. And uh, there's four Equinoxes in the Equinox range. And it, it's more or less a replacement for... It's a Captiva, Captiva replacement. So replacement, you had yeah. a Captiva five-seater and a seven-seater. The Equinox is only a five-seater. Uh, so it's going to go midway or halfway to replacing the Captiva. And then Arcadia, which is a seven-seater, will be coming later on. And that both those cars will kind of do what the Captiva used we, to we do. We were talking about cruise liners before. Why does Arcadia remind me of a cruise liner? Was there one called that? Anyway... Carry on. It might have been. Um, so anyway, that's what we did. We've made a video on, on, on taking you through the different grades. Yeah. It's a living, breathing spec sheet. But one of the things I didn't realise the Equinox had was a vibrating seat. Right. I didn't know this. So mm-hmm. when you're reversing and your parking sensors or your, your proximity oh, sensors go off to let you know that there's something close to you, the front and rear parking sensors. It, it gives you a bit of a wobble. The, the seat vibrates. Wow. And it's, and it's not... You know, it's quite, um, it's quite vigorous. intrusive. It's quite vigorous. I'm almost certainly going to regret saying this, but I spent some time in that car over the Christmas break. Was impressed by it, generally speaking, and loved the vibrating function, you? and not just in a creepy way. Let me explain. Oh, oh. The, uh, I could not get used to it. I, but you know, when you're driving cars now, they all sound like pinball machines or yeah. pinball yep. arcades. Alarms going off everywhere you look. Yep. I like this kind of subtle way of alerting you to an issue, and you can, of course, switch it off. But why can't you have it go through your hands, not your bottom? I don't want my bottom to be part of this experience. It would have to be. Why? Richard, Richard, 
Richard, why? To, have you ever heard of the phrase but, "driving by the seat of your yeah, pants"? Yeah, there you go. Exactly. But like, there it is. What? What? What sick-minded person from Holden thought? Ah, oh, we'll we'll let them know through their ass. You know, like well, how, that, why they, not just they a, could be listening. <laughs> Would you like to speak to them directly? Yeah, I want to know. Just address Who decided them with that, Yeah, yeah. We'll let them know if they're getting too close to the car behind them by vibrating their bottom. <laughs> in fairness, we have been talking through ours for about the past 30 minutes. But I guess there's a safety thing. There have to be safety in the steering wheel. I thought it was the sure. phone going off in my pocket. But the whole seat goes... It was just a very important call. Yeah. None At us, one point, I was up against the fence. At one point, I was up against the fence for like 20 minutes and it was just going off. <laughs> I don't want that's can just painted just, a picture we just in my the, mind that I don't want to go any further. Can we just no, cut the line? The I was up against the fence up. for twenty no, minutes. You were up against the fence <laughs> and it was going off. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard, no, Richard, it was going <laughs> off. No, up I against the, the cars, fence. I had to park Matt, the photographer, wanted me to park the cars up against the fence. And because I was so close, it was just going the whole time. Let me be the first to apologize for this ladies and gentlemen. Was the seat vibrating as well? That's amazing. Look, okay. Time, call time on that. <laughs> With that, family friendly. we've reached the finish line. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. And Chesto. Thank you. Thanks, too, to our producer, Barbara, on the buttons. We don't understand his psychopathic behaviour, but admire his total commitment to it. And thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show or anything else that's on your mind. Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com. .com.au. Please subscribe and it would really help the podcast if you rate and reviewed us on iTunes. Have you done it yet? It helps spread the word. Please do, do it, it please. now or even sooner. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I hope you can join us next week. Until then, remember, a good education is important, but cars are much more important. <laughs> I like it. <laughs>